teaching ministry of Pastor Jay Everly. Get ready to be empowered through the understanding of God's Word. Here in the fourth chapter of Romans, I want to just read something starting in verse 13. The promise, the promise that he should be or Abraham should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. The righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void and the promise made of none effect. In other words, by keeping the law, we don't we'll come into the righteousness of God or come into the promises of God. We come into it by faith is his, is his point. Because the law works wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. There's a lot in that statement, but let's read verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace. That uh, to the end that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. In other words, this just doesn't work for Abraham. It works for all of us who are people of faith. What Abraham was able to enter into because God had spoken to him and uh, he exercised faith in it, uh, that's something we can enter into is what he's trying to say. Verse 17, as it is written, God spoke this to Abraham, I have made thee a father of many nations. Now that doesn't sound like, okay, big deal, whatever. Doesn't sound like a big deal until you realize when God said that to Abraham, he was not, he and Sarah had not been able to have a child. So I believe he was uh, uh, 75 years old at that time. And then... uh, So God said whenever he was 99 years old, they had that child. They had Isaac. But God had told them, I've made you a father of many nations before he was even able to have a child. Remember, that's what Ishmael was all about. He thought, well, I'll figure this out and do this in the natural, you know. God said, no, it's through Sarah. And uh, so God had said something to him. God, God said he had made him something that it did not look like he was. Have you ever read in the Bible and seen something that God said you are when you look at your life? You don't, it doesn't look like that's who you are. Well, we got to ask ourselves the questions. Who's lying about this? Somebody's not telling the truth. Let God be true and every man a liar. That's just back a chapter, back in the third chapter, Romans. So when God says something, he can't lie. And so he said, I have made thee. God said to Abraham, I have made thee a father of many nations. He didn't say, I'm going to make you. He said, I have. You got to look at God's tenses. Because a lot of times people are saying, I'm going to be something that God said, I've already made you. And that's what's keeping them from walking into it is because their faith isn't in agreement with God. Now, he said, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed. In other words, before God whom Abraham believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Now, we understand from verse 17, God called something that, called Abram something that he was not. That's what the first part of the verse says. God called Abram, his name was Abram, he called him a father of many nations when he was in the natural not a father of many nations. Right. Right. And, and we understand that God did that. God spoke that. 
But you have to look at the context. Look at verse 18. Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken. So shall thy seed be. Who is the subject at the beginning of verse 18? Who is who in other words? Abraham. Isn't that right? So the subject in verse number, at the beginning of verse number 18 is Abraham. So the subject at the end of verse number 17 is Abraham. So when it says... He called things that be not as though they are. He's talking about Abraham. Somebody said, no, that's talking about God. We know God said that, yes. But Abraham did too. Well, how, how, you, how, you, how, you're not sure about that. That's talking about God. Well, all you got to do is go back to the Old Testament and God changed Abram's name to Abraham is the way you actually say it, which it means a father of a multitude. And God said, now this is your new name. I want you to call yourself Abraham. So Abraham called himself the father of a multitude, yeah. the father of many nations, even before he had a child. Yeah. 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 So God called him that, but Abraham said the same thing God said. And that's why it came to pass is because he agreed with God and said the same thing Abraham, I mean, said the same thing God said to him or said about him and didn't argue with it, didn't fuss with God, just, just simply said, really? Okay, that's what I am then. And there's a lot of things in you and my life, God says, we, we read the Bible, God says we already are, but there's a lot of people praying to get God to do something that he said he already did. A lot of times praying is not what's going to cause things to change. It's you saying what God says about it. You saying what God says about it. Now come over to Mark's gospel. I bet you know where I'm going. The 11th chapter. Mark chapter number 11. Well, pastor, we've heard this before. Faith doesn't come by heard. Comes by hearing and hearing. Mark 11, look what it says in verse number, we'll start in verse number 22. Jesus answering said unto them, now the disciples had just talked to him, or actually it was Peter, talked to him about this fig tree that he had cursed. They said, look, the fig tree you curse is withered away. Jesus said unto them, have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that I'm Jesus, I can do that. I'm the son of God. But you mere mortals, my goodness, don't you dare think you can do what I can do. No, Jesus said, have faith in God. The understood subjects, you and me. For verily I say unto you that whosoever, whosoever means me, shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he saith. He'll have whatsoever he saith. Now verse 24 goes on and says, whatever you desire when you pray. There's things that you should be praying about, but there's things that you should stop praying about and start saying the right thing. Because even if you pray it, pray in line with the word, but you say something other than what you prayed, what Jesus said, you're going to have what you said. Your saying can undo your praying. After you've prayed, the Bible says in verse 24, believe you receive. And if you believe you receive, your saying should be in agreement. I have received. And that's what he said you'll have. You'll have what you say. Amen. So pray it. Fine. But say it. Say it after you pray it. 
Keep on saying it. Say it every time you think about it. Say it on purpose. Can you say amen? Amen. Call things that be not as though they are. Constantly. Do it all the time. Amen. The more you say it, the more you'll have it. Because he said you'll have what you say. You're not really serious about faith if you're not saying anything. Yeah, that hits you like it hit me last night. The Holy Ghost said that to me last night. He said, you're not serious about your faith if you're not saying anything. Mm, what do I mean, serious? I just simply mean you're not determined. Amen. You're not resolved. This, this faith thing, as people say, is a light thing to you. You're not serious about having, you don't believe what he said, you have what you say. If you're not saying anything, you don't really believe that. Either you don't believe that or you don't believe you got it. Well, what, what good is saying it going to do? Well, all you got to do is open your Bible and there'll probably be anywhere on any page, just about any page, there's going to be something about what you, your faith. And notice he didn't say, you'll have what you believe. It's not your believing that moves things, it's your saying that moves things. He said, say unto this mountain, be thou removed. Saying moves things. It moves things towards you. It moves things away from you. If you say the right thing, the wrong things are bound. You say the, uh, and, and the right things come. You say the wrong thing, the right things are bound and the wrong things come. Because what you say it, when, when you say it, it moves it. Amen. And you need to continue to say it and keep it moving. I'm fully aware that I'm living on the momentum of over 25 years of faith. Fully aware. Somebody said, well, how do I get to where pastor is? You just keep with it. Just stick with it. Hold fast the confession of your faith. Hold fast to it. That's Hebrews 10, 23. Hold fast. That means hold firm. That means hold to it strong. Diligent. That means don't let it slip. Hold on to it hard. Don't be lazy. Make yourself, get up in the morning, make yourself say, this is the day that the blessings of the Lord are upon me. I'm increasing today more and more. I'm encircled with favor as a shield today. Everywhere I go, I prosper. I'm strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. I have the mind of Christ. I'm filled with the wisdom of God. I'm blessed. And I'm going somewhere to be a blessing. Everything I put my hand to prospers. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And just on and on and on. You know, you won't even need your coffee in the morning to get you away. (laughs) The best pick-me-up in the world is right under your nose. Amen. I I wouldn't embarrass them. They they, uh, uh, they probably wouldn't embarrass them, but somebody told me yesterday about an, an individual in our church, a young person, you know, going through fleshy tests and trials and so forth. But they said they get up every morning and they speak that word bold. They can hear them. They can hear them. They live, they live with somebody else. They can hear them. They speak that word bold. I said, see, I knew that. I knew, I knew that about them. I knew that on the inside. I know they're for real. See, if they're saying it, they're for real. If they're not saying it, they're, for, they're not for real. 
If you just say amen in church, you just say the word in church, you're not for real. You got to say it when you don't feel like it. Say it when the devil says your gig is up. Say it when the doctor said it's only six months left. Say it, say it, say it. Say it, because you'll have what you say. I, I know a story, uh, Brother Hagin tells, well, he, he, I guess he's telling it in heaven. I don't know, but he told it when he was down here. Uh, the story about the young man that uh, someone called for him to minister to. He was in a coma. And uh, I actually met my Pastor Debbie, and I know these pastors. Actually, uh, pastors over here in Illinois, in the middle, of, uh, the middle of Illinois. I think they're still there. I haven't heard from them for quite a while. I think they're still there. Uh, but anyway, the pastors that, uh, the, the man that they called for Brother Hagin to minister to was this pastor that we know's brother. And since we kn- became acquainted with this particular pastor and his wife, and in the process of talking with them, they told us that it was my, the, the man, the, 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 the pastor told us that it was his brother that Brother Hagin was called to minister to, who was in the coma. Brother Hagin tells this story all the time about how he laid his hands on him and said, uh, spiritual laws have been set in motion. Take your hand off of him. Uh, spiritual laws have been set in motion and cannot be reversed at this time. Remember that? Release his spirit and let him come on home. Notice that term, spiritual laws. Spiritual laws have been set in motion. That's what the Holy Ghost said to him. This, Brother Hagin didn't know this man, didn't know what he, what he had set in motion. He didn't know what the Lord was talking about, to be honest. He said later he found out what the Lord was talking about. But uh, release, uh, you know, take your hand off him. Uh, he's not going to be healed. Um, and then he said, uh, let him come on home. Release the spirit, let him come on home. Well, he did that. He obeyed the Lord. See, whenever you hear from God, you can't use your faith against what you heard from God. Especially when it comes to other people. Remember what we read there in Matthew chapter 9, verse 29 in the offering? According to your faith, be it unto you. You can have what you say, but you can't always push what you say off on somebody else. Yes, sir. Right, right. Amen. You can't get saved for them, can you? No, sir. Well, then don't try to get anything else for them unless, you, unless they'll get in agreement with you or unless you have a manifestation of the Spirit. Well, I just love them. Well, so does the Lord, but He can't violate His own Word. Well, don't, look, don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good. Amen. And without a gift of the Spirit, the spiritual laws are for everybody. You know, it's not God's upset with somebody if they fell off the roof and, and died. Well, why did God do that? He didn't. The law of gravity did that. It might not have even been the devil. Just there's a law on the earth called gravity, and you get up there too high, there's going to be a big splat. Amen. You understand what I'm talking about? We get super spiritual sometimes and don't realize that some things are just natural. It's not God or the devil or any, nothing spiritual, just natural. One of the instructors, he was a young man at the time. I'll finish this other story, but that we got to know there in Bible school, one of the instructors said to Brother Hagin one because he had a, it was icy. And in Oklahoma, when it gets icy, those people don't know how to drive on that ice for, for anything. Bless their darling hearts. See, we grew up in Pennsylvania. We know how to handle that stuff. Basically, most of the time, you just don't get out in it. <laughs> but this one particular instructor, he got out one morning. It was icy. A lot of times in Tulsa there, it, it wouldn't snow. It'd get icy. Just, you know, and I remember getting that ice getting so thick that big old radio towers were coming down, things coming down. 
Anyway, so this one particular instructor, he got out at one morning whenever it was icy and had an accident, got off, went off the road and went into the ditch. Later, he was asking Brother Hagin, what did I do? He said to Brother Hagin, what did I do to open the door to the devil like that? <laughs> Brother, say, Brother Hagin said the devil didn't have anything to do with it. It's just a natural thing. Yeah. Tires slip on ice. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. 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 Sometimes it's a matter of using your head. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Bible didn't say he's transformed us by the removing of our mind. He said the renewing of it. Anyway. Praise God. But see, uh, this particular man, now, just like there are natural laws, there are spiritual laws. Let's go over to Romans 3 before we go any further. There are spiritual laws just like there are natural laws. Look back here in Romans 3, verse number, uh, right there in verse number 27. He's talking about the uh, being made righteous, if you look at the context, being made right with God through our faith in Him. Let's just jump in verse 27. This is Romans 3, verse 27. Where is boasting then? It is excluded. Then he asked the question, by what law? Of works? In other words, by the law of works? No, but by the law of faith. Amen. The law of faith. Yeah. Now, when you hear that word law there, don't think law like speed limit law or, you know, laws against whatever crimes, you know. Think of law like the law of gravity. That's what he's really trying to say. A, a natural, and, and when it comes to gravity, I mean, the natural principle is, is in force. It's a natural part of the natural created world. It's called gravity. You know, you get above the atmosphere of the earth, it gets less and less, and you understand. But, but there are, just like there are natural laws in this natural earth, there are spiritual laws in the spirit realm. And we're people of the spirit realm. And if we want God's, the things of God to work for us, we must go beyond the natural and tap into the supernatural. Because there are spiritual laws at work for all of us. We're either making them work for us or against us. Just like gravity. You, gravity can be a great blessing, you know. Hello? When you go throw your football with your, with your son, it's a blessing to have that thing come back down so you don't have to go buy another one. But gravity can also kill you. Isn't that right? It's a law. It's in motion all the time. And you can get on the right side of it or the wrong side of it, but it'll work for you every time. You can be dumb like I was whenever I was a kid. I had this bright idea. I woke up one morning, had a bright idea. It wasn't as bright as I thought when I'd used it, but I thought, I, I, can t I got mama's sheets over here. I can grab mama's sheets and put a hoe in each corner, tie a rope in each corner, and fold that thing up, get up on the, on the barn roof, and, and jump off. And let that thing open up. Now parachute down. <laughs> dumb idea. I think when I got on the barn roof, an angel must have gone smack because I got up there and looked. I thought, I don't know if I want to do this or not. <laughs> it's just like, uh, uh, it was good that I had a little fear at that time. <laughs> Actually, before I had climbed on the barn roof, I had the thought that might not be high enough for it to open. And so I glanced up at the silo. 
and the thought had hit me, that should be far enough. And then I thought, no, I better try it on the barn first. You know? But then I got up there and an angel went, dumb, dumb, wake up. But see, that, those laws can work for you or against you. Isn't that right? That's my point. Spiritual laws are working for you. Every, every person in this room, spiritual laws are working for them right now. Either for them or against them. You can get on the right side of this and say what you want rather than what you keep getting. I don't know why I keep getting more and more poverty whenever I want to be blessed. Well, what are you saying every time the thought comes to your mind about poverty? What are you saying? Amen. The Lord told one minister one time, he said, I told my people they could have what they say, but they keep saying what they have. You know what I'm talking Did you get that? If you want something, start saying it. In line with God's word. You want to get out of debt, start saying Find scriptures. See, there are scriptures that cover these things. I'm not just talking about pulling something out of the air. But yet, on the other hand, find scriptures that cover these things and start saying that. I'm the head and not the tail. I lend and don't borrow. I told you recently about a school loan that... I get to thinking about how dumb it was just to keep paying the minimum payment on that thing for so long. Pastor Debbie's had a school loan. You know, what was it, 23000 or something, 22000 when we started out. And I, we just paid on that thing, paid on that thing. And, you know, you pay a whole bunch of interest and a little bit of principal each month. And I was praying one day, and the Lord said, I, I got under real conviction about that. Somebody said, well, I have it. Well, that's fine. It's just, see, this is between me and the Lord, and whatever you have in your heart is between you and the Lord. But I got under real conviction that we weren't doing anything, using our faith to pay that thing off. Who was that? Back about last fall, I believe it was. And so I, I came to her. I said, I'm, put, I, I'm under conviction about that thing. Just been sitting there, sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. Yeah, it's the only thing we had left besides the house. So I said, here goes. We're putting anything we can believe for on that thing. Amen. Somebody said, what happened? I just paid the last payment. Praise God. Praise God. I got what I said. It's amazing when you actually do this. I didn't say just hear sermons about it. I mean, do it. Do it. I mean, get a hold of something. Find something that you want out of your life and start saying you're out of here. Can you see what I'm talking about? Praise be to God. Amen. Aren't you glad that you have a preacher that uh, does the word, not just preaches it to you? Hallelujah. But anyway, so you got to keep on uh, sticking with it because things uh, sometimes were set in motion for years by the spiritual laws you had in motion against you. Uh, that, you uh, that, that, that continuing of saying that keeps it in motion. So it might say, what's taking, why is it so hard? Well, the momentum of wrong speaking has been pushing things this way for so long. You can't turn spiritual momentum on a dime any more than you can turn natural momentum on a dime. You know, you get a locomotive guy, and I haven't forgot about that man that Brother Hagin was going to minister to, but I'll get back there. But you get a locomotive up to speed going down the track, whatever, 60 mile an hour or whatever, you don't just tap on the brake and all of a sudden, bam, there you stop. And then hit reverse and go the other direction. You just, you just don't do that. Because there's, there's a thing in the natural world, like it's a law, spiritual law. It's called momentum. 
And once you get it moving, you can't just hit the brake and stop it on a dime. You got to tap and tap and tap and tap, hit and hit and hit. And that's the way you got to do it. If you've been saying the wrong thing for all these years and you get this momentum going, you're going to have to say the opposite thing over and over and over again just to stop the momentum of the wrong speaking. But oh, the beautiful day comes when that thing stops and you keep on saying it, it goes chum. Rather than go this direction, chum. And you can get momentum going the way you want it to move. It just snowballs and starts going and moving. But let me get back to this man that they called Brother Hagin to minister to. The, the, the man's brother spoke this to us in person. We heard Brother Hagin talk about it, but then this man told us, the, told us even more details about it. His brother had... Uh, his brother went into a coma. How old was he? 39 years old. Went into a coma. And uh, the doctor said, we don't think he's going to live, come out of it. But Brother Hagin went and, and they called him to minister to him. And he went and, and uh, began to minister to him. But the Lord stopped him. Said, spiritual laws have been set in motion. Listen to that. Motion. See, I just talked about momentum. Spiritual laws have been set in motion and cannot be reversed at this time. Release the spirit and let him come on home. Well, he did. The man died. Brother Hagin went to the funeral. But at, at a later time, they told, the family told Brother Hagin the rest of the story. They said, what, what that meant that when the Lord said spiritual laws have been set in motion, what that meant was he has said all his adult years, or I don't know when he was a child or a teenager, he started saying it, all his adult years he had said, I'll never live past the age of 40. In fact, the pastor that we talked to, his brother, had said to us, we'd just because, you know, kids growing up out there goofing off, playing, doing whatever. He said, we'd just be out there goofing off, playing, doing, doing uh, whatever we were doing. And he said, we'd be having a good time. And all of a sudden, he'd sober up, this man that had just died, that he'd sober up and he'd look at me. He said, you know, I'll never live past the age of 40. He'd just sober up and, and say that. And then, he would, and then he'd go back to doing what he was doing. And he hit the 39, he fell into a coma and he was dead before he was 40 years old. Somebody said, God did that? The man did that. He did that. There's a lot of things God's getting accused for that he didn't do. The man did that. Did you get a hold of that? See, what redemption has done is it gave you the authority to say it and it comes to pass. Amen. Amen. Today you and I bind and loose. The Bible says, and we just read it in Mark eleven twenty three. you will have what you say. Somebody say, what if it's not even God's will? Well, this man got something that wasn't God's will. He kept saying it and he got it. We have to understand, we, we, we must understand that God gave us the authority to say things and they come to pass in our life. Now, not in other people's lives but in our life where we have the realm of our authority, the realm of our life where we have authority, we can say it and it'll come to pass. Somebody said, well, I tried that last week and it didn't work. Oh, you hung in there, didn't you? You're just going to have to stick with it. Like I said, momentum going the wrong way will keep, will, it might take some time. There are a few doctrines that are more firmly established in the scriptures as the importance of the words of your mouth. All through Proverbs. 
A man will eat good by the, by his, the fruit of his tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. The Bible over and over says things like that. <clears throat> over in the book of, whenever Israel spoke in the uh, Kadesh Barnea and said, we can't go in and take Canaan's land. God said, as you've spoken in my ears, so will I do. That's what he said to them. All through the Bible, all through the scriptures. Amen. What are you saying? Not just in church. Not just whenever I'm around. Whenever, when I'm around, you might catch yourself. What are you doing when I'm not around? What are you doing whenever the devil's breathing the hot breath of unbelief down your neck? What are you saying then? Yeah. It's, it's not just on church, on church mornings or, or when you're in church. Jesus said whenever he was at the tomb of Lazarus, I thank you that you hear me always. You hear me always. Always means all day long. All day long. Whatever you say all day long. Not just in the church house. Can you say amen? Uh, yet there, like I said, it's, it's established in the word, yet there's few doctrines as disputed as the words you speak. Religion fights what I'm teaching to, and ministering to you this morning. They hate it. But James 3 says, talking about the tongue, he said, the tongue is a little member and it sets on fire the whole course of nature. He said, the tongue is like the rudder of a ship. You turn that rudder of that big old ship because that ship's big and heavy. But all that little rudder does is starts pushing water, you know, whenever it turns. And it'll push that big old ship a different direction. Right. Yes, sir. And he said, your tongue's like that. Yeah. Then he said, it's like the bit in the horse's mouth. You pull that bit this way and that horse goes this way. He said, that's what your tongue's like. You set your tongue to go this direction, you're going to go that direction. Life will start going the direction you speak. Well, I don't want to go this way. Well, then say something else. Say something else. Amen. Your tongue is the governor of your life. In James 3 there, he says, it'll go whatever way the governor listeth. That means whatever way he decides. You decide to set your tongue a different direction, your life will start going that direction. Because you and your tongue, that's the governor of your life. You're the captain of your ship. You, you will have what you say. Well, I'm just always a day late and a dollar short. How long have you been saying that? Seems like it's just so hard to get ahead. How long you been saying that? Don't just Googleize at me this morning and just bat your eyes and say, amen. It's what you say on this afternoon and Monday and amen. Praise God. Then we know over in the book of Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 31, Jesus said, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? When a thought comes to your mind, that is against what you want, don't take that thought and say it. There's times whenever, see, I have to, I appreciate my wife. We help one another. But we say, sometimes we'll say something, and rather than just, you know, criticize something that was unbelief that one of us said, we'll say something like this. You want me to get in agreement with you on that? That's just our way of saying, is that where you want to go? Because... You know, sometimes we use little sayings, you know, that, that we don't want that to come to pass. <laughs> oh, now, Pastor, you don't have to get religious about it. You don't have to get, you don't have to get all, all, you know, all, all 
all, all religious about it. <laughs> no, you don't have to. You don't have to get religious. You just better be saying the right thing. Amen. According to these scriptures. Yes. Proverbs 6, 2, the tongue sets the boundaries of your, uh, of your potential in your life. It says that in other words, that the tongue sets the boundaries of the potential in your life. The man who says he can and the man who says he can't are both right. You ever thought about that? They're both right. Because Jesus said, you'll have what you say. Well, I can't. You're right. You're right. I can do that. You're right. <laughs> I done done it. I preached me happy. See, what I'm talking about is faith in action. I'm not just talking about faith in the heart this morning. I'm talking about faith in action. And you need to turn your faith loose, not just carry it around in your heart. You can carry a heart full of faith around in your heart and still get nothing because you're not saying it. Because Jesus didn't say you'll have what you believe. He said you'll have what you say. What are you saying? It's not your believing that moves things. It's your saying that moves things. Glory be to God. Amen. As a New Testament believer, you've been given the measure of the God kind of faith. But having the God kind of faith is not enough. You remember over there in Acts 14, I'll just refer to it. The Bible said Peter, not Peter, but Paul was preaching. And he, there sat a man at Lystra had been impotent in his feet for, uh, I think since, if I remember right, it was since he was born. If I remember right, I think it was since he was been born. He's born that way. And the Bible said, the same heard Paul speak, who steadfastly beholding, he's preaching the gospel if you look at the context. He beholding him and perceived that he had faith to be healed. That man had faith. He's sitting on crippled legs, but he had faith to be healed. Is that possible that somebody could have faith for something, but they still don't have it? Yeah. Yeah. Because they're not releasing that faith. Paul said he perceived that he had faith to be healed. He said with his loud voice, stand up right on thy feet. And he leaped and he walked. The, 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 somebody said, what made him whole? His faith made him whole. But it wasn't just faith that he had in his heart. It was faith that he acted on. Amen. See, it's not enough for you to have faith. You can have a heart full of faith and stay sick. Many people believe in divine healing, but no real healing ever really manifests, takes place until something happens that causes them to release that faith. Release these. You need to understand about releasing faith. Not just carrying it around in your heart, but bringing it into, put, putting it into circulation. It'd be like uh, having a pocket full of money and starving to death because you won't release that money to the grocery store or, or, or some place where you could get some food. You have to put it into circulation. You have to use it. Same thing with your faith. You can have a heart full of faith just like you can have a pocket full of money and you could do without because you're not putting it into circulation. How do you put it into circulation? With your tongue. And then other actions too. But, but it starts out with the tongue. Am I preaching all right? Amen. Hearing the word does not equal releasing faith. Faith this morning sitting here in this service, faith is coming to you. But faith is, is not active because it comes to you. Faith must go from you into the situation for it to do something. Yeah. Remember, God said in Isaiah 55, My word shall not return unto me void. It'll accomplish that which I please. But the verses before that, he said, As the rain comes down from heaven and the snow, so my thoughts uh, come down to you, basically, with paraphrasing what he's saying. So he said, my words 
are filled with my thoughts and they come to your heart. But he said, it will not return unto me void. It'll accomplish what I please whenever you return it to me. So the accomplishing power of the Word of God, this, yeah. this book, yeah. the accomplishing ability, yeah. Yeah. the miracle working ability yeah. Yeah. in this book yeah. is whenever it gets planted in here and you return it back to God. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. It shall not return unto me void. That's where it's, it, it accomplishes on the return voyage back to God's ears. Oh, I don't know how you can sit there like that. Hearing the word does not equal releasing faith. Remember over there, we read it in the offering, uh, Hebrews 4. It talks about the word did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. You can hear, 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 hear. Have such, such a large amount of faith, you can't even get to church this morning. I said, I've got to drag this faith to church and get, get, get more faith. I don't know why. I don't, it's not working for me. I guess I don't have enough faith. If you just light a little fuse on one of those yeah. sticks of faith, yeah. be enough to blow junk right out of your life. <laughs> Praise God. You got to mix faith with, in other words, this is the mixer. Point, your, point to your tongue. This is the mixer right here. This is how you mix faith with the word. Whenever you hear it, faith comes. And then you start speaking it. You're mixing that faith with the word and in order for it to bring it to pass. You'll have what you say. Amen. If you have faith but don't use it, you're no better off than, if the, than the man who doesn't have any faith at all. The Bible says the devils believe and tremble. <laughs> well, what if you believe and tremble? Oh, I believe it. I believe it. Well, start saying it. Say what, Pastor? I believe it. Well, that might be a good start, but say what you say. Say what you claim to have. I am now free. I am now healed. I am now delivered. Amen. Tests and trials are designed to lock up your mind and your tongue in the natural realm. They're, they're, to hold, they're designed to hold you in the flesh, out of the spirit, in sense knowledge rather than revelation knowledge. When you allow that to happen, you start grasping with your mind rather than releasing the force of faith from your spirit that will serve to defeat the enemy. That's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to go boo in the natural realm and pull you over to the natural realm like, oh, right there. You've unhooked from down with the faith that's down here and you've started to entertain it, Satan's voice with your mind. And that's exactly what he wanted you to do. He wanted you to unhook from the force of faith that would actually defeat him. Proverbs 4.23 says, out of the abundance of the heart, no, no, no. Proverbs 4.23 says, that out of the heart are the issues of life. Out of it, guard your heart, you remember. For out of it are the issues of life. That means forces in the, in the Hebrew. Out of it are the forces of life. Amen? So whenever the circumstances come, hope, keep your tongue speaking out of the force of faith in your spirit. Don't unhook your tongue from the force of faith. You just keep on speaking the force of faith. Speak. And that's what keeps the enemy from being able to do what he says boo about. The devil, the, he brings circumstances to get people in worry, fear, anxiety, and a troubled mind and troubled heart. And he wants people to start speaking out of that. But faith will work in your heart with doubt in your head. You need to understand that. 
when you have doubt in your head and your head telling you this isn't going to work and all that, but, but you've already taken the time to plant the word down in here. If you'll just keep on saying what you believe in your heart, it'll work. Somebody said, but I don't know. My mind just doesn't figure. I can't figure out how it's going to happen. It doesn't have to. Your mind doesn't have to figure it out. You just have to act on what you believe down in here. Well, how's it going to happen? That's not your department. That's God's department. You just do your part. Just keep saying it, knowing that you'll have what you say. Glory be to God. Either you need to know that either your need or your circumstances will back you up against the wall or faith will back the circumstances out of your life. That's what circumstances come at you for. They keep backing you up, backing you up, backing you up, backing you up. Ah! But you need something coming out of you to back it up. Back it out of your life. Hallelujah. Remember what David did when Goliath kept speaking to him and telling him, I'm going to feed you to the dogs and all that. David said, he came, he said, you come to me with a sword and spear. I come to you and with the word of the Lord. And he ran towards Goliath. He didn't let Goliath back him up. Some of you, every time the devil says, boo, you back up. He backed you out of the faith that was going to cause him to flee. Amen. Sometimes whenever I get to the other side of my miracle, I look back and I said, I could have done that 13 years ago if I'd have just said it. It wasn't that I was waiting on God. He's waiting on me. <laughs> Glory be to God. I've done it. I've preached myself happy. Glory be to God. Everything on this earth, Dr. Frank used to always talk about this, everything on this earth has, uh, that God created has a name and it has an ear to hear. It'll listen to you. People act like, well, you know, these natural things won't listen to me talking. How, what do you, that's weird. What, I mean, where, where'd you get that? From Jesus. He spoke to a fig tree. He spoke to wind and waves. He spoke to fevers. People think that's strange. That's just like Jesus. He spoke to dead men. He spoke to all these things. Somebody said, well, you know fig trees don't have ears. Well, he said, no man eat fruit of thee to a fig tree one time. Hereafter forever, within 24 hours, they walked back by it and it was dead. Well, now that was Jesus. He used that illustration to say, whosoever. Well, I just don't believe that. Well, you'll get what you say then. You get what you say, I'll get what I say. Everything you need has an ear to hear. It's waiting to hear from you. It's waiting for you to call it on home. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. Well, the word is good, isn't it? But notice back there, be thou removed. Say that out loud. Be thou removed. Faith possesses what God gives by grace. You must confess to possess. When you are confessing, you are possessing. It's not enough for God to provide it. You must enter into it. Remember we read it in Hebrews 4? He said, did not profit them not being mixed with faith. They did not, they did not enter into what God had promised. 
faith, and especially speaking faith, is how you enter into it. I, have to, I had to learn years ago to start saying it, all right? Now, this is what's going to happen. This is, what, this is the way it's going to be. We're going to go down there and do this, and this is what's going to come to pass. Whether it be talking to a person that I need favor with or whatever. And the whole time my head's going, it ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. It ain't going to work. And we just go do it, and it works. Because we said it. Because we said it. You got to get used to the devil breathing the hot breath of unbelief down your neck while you're doing it. People, they get backed out, backed out of doing the word whenever the devil goes yakety yak yak. But you must possess. See, this is the flow of God. When you speak the faith words, you're in the flow of God. While others are waiting for the sovereignty of God, you're setting God's will in motion on purpose. That's what redemption allows you to do. What you desire is waiting on your actions and your words. It's waiting on the law of faith. While others are waiting on God, you're turning on the generator of what you, and generating what you desire from God. No, no, that's new age stuff, Pastor Jay. You need to stay away from that. I'm sticking with Jesus. Go back to Mark eleven twenty three. We'll wrap this up. Mark eleven twenty three. Maybe you're still there. I don't know where. Yeah, we were in Romans. Go back to Mark. Chapter number 11, verse number 23. While you're turning there, remember, we read it in the offering where Jesus said to the woman with the issue of blood or who had been healed, just been healed of the issue of blood, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Faith did it. That's what some people don't like. No, God did it. His power was standing by, waiting on the law of faith. But, but really, it was your faith that activated it. Your faith has made you whole. You could say, your faith did it. Somebody said, well, it says right there in Mark, 11, I mean, uh, Mark uh, 5, which woman with the issue of blood story is right there in Mark 5. It says right there that the power went out of him. It was the power that did it. Pastor Jay, yeah, there was many people touching him that day, the Bible said, but it didn't go into the rest of them. That power was standing there waiting for the spiritual law that causes it to flow. And whenever it come in contact with faith, it did it. Faith enabled that power to flow. It's like electricity. There's spirit, I mean, natural laws that govern that. Yes, you can't run electric. See, these are probably copper wires, but you can't run electricity on an oak board. Can you? Or on a, you know, a inner tube for a bike tire or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Those things have uses in other areas, but if you're going to conduct electricity, you have to know the laws that govern electricity. Same thing with the power of God. People are waiting on God to sovereignly do something. Well, turn on your generator. Amen. What are you talking about? I'm talking about Mark 11, verse number 23. He said, you say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Don't doubt in your heart. Believe what those things you say shall come to pass. You'll have whatever you say. The three Greek words translated come to pass is from one, excuse me, three English words translated come to pass in the English Bible here are from one Greek word. 
And I pronounce it, I guess this is the way to pronounce it, Ganamahi. Something of that nature. I mean, you can look it up and see if you can figure it out, pronounce it a better way. But Ganamahi, something like that. It's the Greek word Ganamahi. It means to cause to be, to bring to pass, to generate. The Greek definition actually says to generate. So let's, let's use that definition. Believe that those things which he saith shall be generated. Believe that those things which he saith shall be caused to be. See, what he's talking about here is cause and effect. Cause and effect. In other words, he's talking about a spiritual law. There's a reason certain things work for certain people and don't work for other people. And it's not God's being favorite to one person and, and, and isn't being faithful to somebody else. It has nothing to do with it. He is no respecter of persons. Man, how good news. That, that's so good news. That's such good news. But it is according to our faith. Jesus said that over and over. But anybody can have faith. Anybody can say the right thing. Speak, speak what the Bible says. Did you get anything out of the Word this morning? So do it on purpose. Faith has a call to it. Faith has a summons. If you call, see, actually think about it. It says over there, Abraham called those things that be not as though they are. Call, a call in every situation sets things in motion. Let's say you, you call your friend. It sets them in motion. They grab for their phone or run to where their phone is. It sets them in motion. Let's say you call your dog. He's out there in the back 40. Whoop, you holler at him, come in here. It sets him in motion. Isn't that right? A call sets things in motion. You ever heard somebody call your name? Yeah, it sets you in motion. And that's what we do when we say, we call things that be not as though they are. Even though they're not our experience right now, it sets it in motion. Sets it in motion. What do you mean sets it in motion? Do you mean that you're, uh, uh, you're calling for it to be given by God? No. You're calling it from the spirit realm into the natural realm. Because God's already provided a whole lot of things for you in the, in the spiritual realm. Amen. Did you get anything out of the word this morning? The first thing that slips whenever you get weak in faith is your confession. <laughs> your bold confession of it. You can get weary just continuing to speak something when you don't see it. But that doesn't mean because you don't see it, nothing's happening. Jesus said to the fig tree, no man eat fruit of the hereafter forever. And you couldn't see anything for about 24 hours. That mean nothing was happening. Because the Bible said it dried up from the roots. That's not normal. It normally dries up from the top down. We're out there, you know, cutting some stuff off the land and the trees start dying from the top down. The top branches, you know, and stuff. But it dried up from the roots this time. In other words, the roots represent a realm you can't see. It starts, when you speak the word, it starts in a realm you can't see. And so the devil wants to say, see, yak, 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 it's not working, it's not working, it's not working. And you just keep on speaking it, just keep on saying it. And what you, have, what you say will come to pass. Praise be to God. Amen? Now, somebody said, well, I don't know if it'll work. You know, the devil doesn't want to let go. Notice he said, be thou removed. Removed. If somebody was, you know, trying to interrupt the service this morning, we'd have the ushers remove them. They, they wouldn't do it by voluntarily, but we would remove them against their will. 
And we got a lot of ways to do that, in case you're wondering. <laughs> More ways than you know, in case you're wondering. They go to class every Saturday. How to do it. Walk with me, please. Pushing at the right spot. <laughs> oh, some of you are getting tense now. <laughs> Removed. Even if the devil doesn't want to, your words can remove him. Well, I've been here since grandpa and grandma's days, and I've been in this family operating in this, in this bunch of junk here, and that's the way it's going to be in your life too. We're going to remove you, even if it's against your will. Amen. You can force the issue by saying the word. Let's all stand to our feet. Did you get anything out of this this morning? My, oh my, I feel like I just got started. What have you been saying? Yes. You know, not just in church, but what about all week? Especially when the devil's breathing the hot breath of unbelief down like, like he's been doing to you. Just been yakety yak, 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 yak. He's a big liar. It's all coming to pass. It's all coming to pass. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> when I was a kid, my mom would tell me, give me some directions, and I would, you know, talk back, and she'd say, don't get lippy with me. That was her way of saying, don't talk back. And when it comes to mama and daddy and people, of on people that are due honor, we don't get lippy. But when it comes to the devil, we get lippy. He said, it ain't going to happen. We get lippy. Let me tell you something, Mr. Devil. It shall come to pass. So when it comes to the devil, you got to talk back. In that sense, you got to learn to be rebellious. You know, in that sense, I'm not talking about rebelling against God and so forth, mom and dad or people, people like that, but, but just against the devil. Whenever he tries to put you in bondage against your will, you get lippy. You say, you can't do it. It's written, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I always triumph in Christ. Praise God. If it didn't help you, I'd done it. I preached myself happy. Amen. We need, I, I just sensed in my life, I know in my life, but in all of our lives, it's since we needed a brush up. We needed to examine ourselves. On purpose. This is what you need to start doing. On purpose. Start saying what you want. Don't wait for some unction or some service where you feel like saying something. Just do it on purpose. Every time you think about it, and like Brother Hagin used to say, be sure you do think about it. You know, if you're believing God for healing of some, some condition in your body, you, you go to do something, ouch, there it is, it hurts. Every time you think about it, you say, I, don't, I just want to announce to God. Announce to you, Father, and announce to the devil that the power of God went into that. And then you, whenever, whenever I prayed, and it's working a healing and a cure. I just want you to know I'm well, thank you. Somebody said, well, you're lying about it. You know you're not. No, lying would be saying it's not there. We're not saying pain wasn't there. We're just saying that which is there is healed. There's a difference. In case you never thought about it, there is a difference.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And just hold, that, hold the devil in the arena of faith until somebody said, how long do I need to do it? Well, just until, until it all comes to pass. Like Pastor Nancy illustrated one time, a little boy, he was walking home from school and he kicked a rock and it went so far and he got up there where it was, kicked it again, kicked it again, kicked it again, kicked it all the way home. One kick wasn't enough. And that's the way you got to say, say the word. You, you, you kick it, it'll go so far. That the, those words will, will cause momentum. Was, but then that momentum begins to win. You need to get up there and kick it again. How far do I kick it? All the way home. <laughs> Just keep on kicking it. Just keep on kicking it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When that airplane's going through the air, that, those engines are keeping the momentum of that going. You don't want to turn those engines off. You want to arrive to your destiny. Well, how long do we have to run these engines? I don't know why we have to keep... Until we get there. <laughs> you don't go up and knock on the pilot's... Well, you wouldn't want to knock on his door anyhow nowadays, but... But if we were living in a different day where they weren't scared of that, you wouldn't want to go up and knock on the pilot's door and say, why we got the engines going still? He'd say, so we can get there. That's right. We want to go all the way. We don't want, we don't want to go part way and then... But you know, you can turn the engines off and coast a little bit. And you, but you don't really want to be doing that because you're going to start going down. You just keep it going. Just keep it going. Just keep it going. Just keep, it's, it's a spiritual law. It's a spiritual law. If you would like more information about Pastor Jay Everly's ministry, please visit us on the web at soffc.org or call us at 319-366-2147. Or you can write to us at Spirit of Faith Family Church, Post Office Box 8355, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, 52408. And remember, God loves you, and you're equipped to live victoriously in every area of life.